Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Let's talk about the fundamentals of faith. Several years ago, began in 2014, the Lord said to me, Kenneth, you're teaching faith from where you are now. And new people coming in. Right. They don't have any idea what you're talking about. And so he said, you go back to the fundamentals. So, um, (laughs) you know, where where do I go? Kenneth E. Hagin, where else? Amen. Of course. This is funny. Of course, I've I've got all of these messages, but of course they're on my phone now. And so Gloria and I just go to bed and, and got the phone and we just lay there and listen to Brother Hagin. <laughs> and one night, she is so funny, dude. One, one night, there was a, it was the message that he preached at Rama Church. And it, he talked about Buddy's home going. Oh, wow. Only time that I know of that he that he talked about that and someone had told me about it so man we got online and, and, and got it you know and so I got my iPad sitting up in the, in the between glory and me in the bed well he began giving the invitation and since glory and I you know we already saved so I didn't think we need to go through that <laughs> but it's still on and I leaned over there to kiss her goodnight she said not in front of brother Hagen <laughs> And she pushed him. She pushed the iPad down. <laughs> that woman. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The very fundamentals of faith. I learned this from my grandson Jeremy. What are you watching when you watch the World Series? What are you watching when you watch the Super Bowl? What are you watching when you watch World Cup, U.S. Open, Wimbledon? You are watching masters of the basics. It's not some cute new play. I especially, I, 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 I especially picture and think about Olympians because man it is one on one just just you against yourself so how do you master the fundamentals practice 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 then practice and about the time you get so sore you can't move practice 
and practice and practice and practice. You practice faith. You stay on faith. You think about faith. Amen. Oh, Brother Copeland, you just have to think about it all the time. No, you don't have to. I mean, you can go bust if you want to. (laughs) But you have to if it's going to work for you. And continue. uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth talked about ever-increasing faith. You remember what the Apostle Paul said? Your faith groweth exceedingly. You remember that? Well, keep it growing. Keep it coming. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And that's the only way it comes. That is it. It doesn't come any other way. By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Say it with me. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And like Brother Hagin said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It doesn't come by having heard. Amen. You just keep practicing it. You just keep listening to it. Now, I mean, you've got to drive somewhere in your car. Hey, turn that radio off. Right. Amen. Right. If your car still has a CD player in it, you ought to be listening to a CD every day of some kind. I don't care where you're going or what you're doing. You, your faith needs, it's, it's, it's the preached anointed word. Of course the written word. But Romans ten seventeen was talking about the word preached under the anointing. And he said it is the word of faith which we preach. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to be preaching faith to you every day all day. Why, Brother Copeland? Why do you preach so much on faith? Well, let me just give you something here. Since you're here already. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.8, you can't be saved without faith. Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrew 10.38, Habakkuk 2.4. You can't live the Christian life without faith because the just live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7, you can't walk the Christian walk without faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And 1 Timothy 6, 12 and 2 Timothy 4, 7, you can't fight the Christian fight. We fight the good fight of faith. And then there's Hebrews eleven six. It's impossible to please God without faith. Amen. Then 1 John 5, 1 through 4, you can't overcome the world without faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Then Romans 14, 23, whatever's not of faith is sin. Whoa. The classic Amplified said, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Wow. Ah, Brother Copeland, don't start whining. Just smile and believe it. <laughs> Amen. Well, see, that, 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 Every human being alive, do a word study. The power of death and life is in the power of the tongue. And you're saying something all the time. Everybody has what they say. 
We're just learning finally to say the right thing. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. And Romans eleven twenty, Second Corinthians one twenty four. You can't make your stand without faith. Now, if, if you only took two of those, is enough to preach it all the time. Because you can't get saved without it. You can't please God without it. Amen is allowed in here. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Glory to God. Now then, the fundamentals of faith, the fundamental number one. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Thirteen verse, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Romans 10.10. I could quote these, but you need to put your eyes on it. Don't let them depart from your eyes. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And now, Luke 6, 43. This one is, this one and the next one that we will read are, are very, very important. Sixth chapter of Luke and the 43rd verse. For a good tree bringeth forth. Say bringeth forth. Bringeth forth. Not corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own Fruit, for of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. Now he's talking about words here. You can't, you can't get healing words talking sick all the time, Amen. or a, he, a healing fruit. Amen. A good man out of the good treasure or deposit of his heart. Bringeth forth that which is good. An evil. This is not talking about some wicked man. You, you, he could be talking about two Christian people. Sure. He's not talking about a bank robber and somebody that went to synagogue every Sabbath. Right. No, he's talking about two people sitting in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Sure. But one man is depositing good. Do you remember in the book of Hebrews? A unbelieving heart is called a wicked heart. It's called an evil heart of unbelief. When talking about evil people, he's talking about what somebody keeps putting in there and comes out their mouth. Now look at it. Bring us forth that which is evil. 
for. Now this is a spiritual law. It cannot be changed. The only thing that can be changed here are the words. You can't get away from this. For. (laughs) Of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now let me tell you where this is so vitally important. First words. Yeah. What happens when there's suddenly an emergency? Right, right. What's going to come out your mouth? Whatever's in there. Whatever's in there. Death or life. This is really, really, really important. That's right. Right there in the Canary Islands, an island called Tenerife. The worst air disaster in the history of aviation. It was horrible. They, there was a lot of fog. They've since built that, tore that airport down and built on the other side of the island where there's not so much fog. But here, and, and I won't go into all the details, but there, the, the taxiway, they had so many airplanes in there diverted for fuel and all this kind of stuff that one of the taxiways was closed. So you had to, you taxied down the taxiway, turned out, got on the runway, taxied up to another taxiway, and then off and to line up. There was already a KLM uh, 747. Everybody's just fueled. Mm. Right. Tons of jet A. So, the KLM airplane was in position to take off. A Pan Am airplane was taxiing out here like this, and he made the turn. Now, there's, there's, there's fog on that end of the airport. You can still see a little bit down here. The Pan Am turned on the runway like he's supposed to do. And he, the, the KLM guy can't see him. He's broadside of the runway, and the KLM guy puts the power up for takeoff. Boy, here he comes. And he, he, he doesn't have speed enough yet to fly. But he's got speed enough that he's right, he's just right close to V1. I mean, just a few, just a few more knots and he's ready to fly. I mean, this half a million pound thing is coming at and it just hit. He, 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 he saw that airplane and he just grabbed it and the nose came up like that and the nose gear on one airplane cut that Pan Am airplane in two. I said all that to tell you what, now the voice, cockpit voice recorders recorded everything. The captain, KLM, CD, we're all gonna die. Oh man. And they did. Instead of, help us, Jesus. Right, yes. The ones that didn't die. <laughs> We're in the Pan Am airplane. And one man in particular. Oh, dear Lord. He's Holy Ghost baptized Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> and <laughs> the first thing he said, I mean, 
the fireball is coming toward him down the, down the fuselage of the airplane. Now, the first thing he said was, Jesus! Right. Now, so those of you who have been in a 747, you know how high that ceiling is. The stewardesses have a little step ladder on the seat to get up high enough to get, get to, the, to the luggage racks. Thing is big. He hollers, Jesus! And he said it was something like a bubble around him. And the next thing is new, his head and shoulders are sticking out a hole in the top of the fuselage. And he said, Jesus! And the next thing he knew, he's, he's waist high out of that hole. He just scrambled out and run, jump off the end of the wing. First words. First words. First words. So important. Uh, I was preaching in uh, just their very uh, first couple of years of this ministry. I was preaching in a small church in Beaumont, Texas. And uh, so, and, and I'm teaching along these same lines, on words and so forth. And there was a woman came to me and said, Brother Copeland, I, I need to ask you a question. She said, I, 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 I don't get it. She said, my family and I were in a, an intersection and there was a car hit our car broadside so fast it cut our car in half. Mm. Now, she said, my family and I, we, she said, my children... We're laid out all over that grass out there. She said, "My nearly every bone in my body was broken. One of my one of my children's skull was opened up." And she said, "But my husband was unhurt, didn't get a scratch, and he's the only one that died." Why? I said, ma'am, I ain't got a clue. But unless you and I agree, then before this is over with, we'll know. And so, and back in those days, you know, a meeting went three weeks. This one did. And along about halfway through it, she came up to me with a big smile on her face. She said, I got it. I know now why. She said, he went around and checked on all the kids and, and everything. And she said, Brother Copeland, he came over to check on me and said he leaned down over my face and he said, I'm a dead man. Oh. Oh, He was borderline shock. Yeah. Seeing the brains of his little child. He just figured they're all going to die. But it's it's what, see, that's, he he didn't have anything in him. Death was in him. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. No, he said, I'm a dead man. Mm-hmm. And he died. I mean, just within hours, he died. I came home one time. Oh, me. Been gone for several days and got back home and 
Man, when I get home, I'm telling you, I'm the most home guy you ever saw. Cause I love home. And uh, I came home, and I'm so home. And the kids are going to bed, and Gloria's going to bed, and I'm I'm just getting all I can, man, until about two o'clock in the morning. I just, and I'm so sleepy, I, I, but I didn't want to give up. You know, I just want just just to be be here. Only a fool. <laughs> Turns the light out and then walks through the room. <laughs> not super. That's just not super smart, you know. <laughs> I'm about half asleep. And we had a great big green ottoman. This thing big and heavy. And I, man, I just place kicked that ottoman. Boom! My toe went pow! Right. This is a good time to pray or cuss. Yeah. And you're going to get one or the other. I don't care how sanctified you are. It depends on what you've got in there. And if you don't have anything in there, your old man going to come out your mouth. I said, Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I just praise God. I just pray. Boy, I'm hurting. I mean, I am hurting bad, man. Oh, Lord Jesus. And I went in there, went to bed. Now, I got up the next morning. I had an appointment that morning at the airport. And and I, I got up. I hadn't, I hadn't opened my eyes yet. I just woke as well, just barely opened my eyes. The devil was right there. Wow. Look at your toe. <laughs> I said, I don't want to look at my toe. Look at your toe. It's black and blue. <laughs> I said, what difference does that make? I said, I have personal friends. Their, their toes are black all the time. <laughs> Too well. That's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> I went over there and got my socks out of the drawer. Shut my eyes. I opened them when I put them on this foot. Shut my eyes and put them on put them on that right foot. And now I got them, got that toe covered up. <clears throat> So, now, here's your first test. Gloria's in the kitchen cooking breakfast. Oh, Gloria, I broke my toe last night. It hurts me so bad. You're in serious trouble. (laughs) The minute that comes out of your mouth, healing is really hard to attain. I walked in there, I said, Gloria, smiling. <laughs> I said, Gloria. She said, Good morning. I said, uh, about, about somewhere between 2.30 and 3 o'clock this morning. You and the kids are in bed, of course. And I said, I kicked that old big green ottoman in there. And I said, Gloria, that my toe popped. And I'm going to tell you something. That toe's broken. And in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. 
And I just glorify God. Yes. See? Amen. She said, I agree with that and slapped yeah. her hands on me and said, I believe you're healed too. If I'd have gone in there and she, and I said, oh, Gloria, I broke my toe this morning. And she'd have said, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. She had agreed with me. <laughs> Any right. two of you agree. Either way it goes. Yeah, right. That's right. So the airport wasn't but about uh, 10 minutes from the house. And they had a little single-engine airplane. It's the first airplane this ministry ever had. Well, I used to work for the man, so I knew that airplane. And I, I knew how good it was, and I already had that little red Cessna Skyline in my heart. And... Uh, so I, I, I got out of the car. Oh, man. And I walked in there. And the, the, the girl at the desk said, good morning. I said, good morning. Mr. Spinks in? Yes. I said, I want to tell you something. I said, you know, about 2.30, 3 o'clock this morning. Uh, I, uh, I kicked a big old ottoman in our living room. Really? I said, yeah, I broke my toe. Oh, no. I said, yeah, but you know, Jesus said when he was on the earth, whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. And I believe my toes healed. Glory to God. And she said, I'll see if Mr. Spinks is in. <laughs> oh, I mean, she, it shocked her, so she ran. <laughs> well, I went in there and talked to him about the airplane. And, uh, and we made a deal, so... <laughs> the airplane was across the ramp it was a whole lot further it was far enough I didn't want to walk it anyway but I no way I'm going to walk up there this morning and I got in my car and drove around there and, and when I opened the door to get out right there next to the airplane and I got out of the car yeah. totally healed <laughs> totally healed no pain Isn't that good? But that's what I'm talking about. Practicing the fundamentals. Practice them all the time. Practice. You, you have to be picky. You have to be picky with yourself. Yeah. Amen. Well, I don't understand. Well, now listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you go back to the same thing, we're in training. We are in training. The devil, yeah, but Brother Copeland, I didn't mean to say that, and I didn't, I didn't mean that when I said it. The devil don't care where you meant it or not, you said it. And he will accuse you with a dictionary. That's right. Absolutely. He will. And get away with it. Oh, yeah, sure. We ought to say it. We train like we fly and we try and fly like we train. The military, we train like we fight and we fight like we train. Why? Because about the time you, about the time you rotate this thing <clears throat> and you're just in a hard climb, climbing out just as hard and fast as you can and all of a sudden an engine quits. What are you going to do? Sit there and say, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Stick it up like a dart. No, you don't do that. You've already been through it hundreds of times in the simulator. And today, the simulator is as good as the airplane. 
A Class D simulator is logged as an airplane. In that Citation 10, at the time, the most intensive type rating in jet aviation. And Blaine and I got our type ratings before we ever got in the airplane. You can't practice wheels up landings in the airplane. Now that went right by your idea. <laughs> and we used to have to get all of our ratings in the airplane. That's all you could do. But now, you can crash. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. For instance, wind shear. Very, very dangerous. And when it happens, to, and particularly when it happens down close to the ground, you have to do things at the moment you recognize that wind shear that you have been taught not to do. If you just do what you think you should do, you're going to kill you and everybody in the airplane. But when you've done it again and again and again in that simulator, over and over and over and over, and about the about the time your 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 equipment says wind shear, wind shear, wind shear, boy, you are ready and you know exactly what you're going to do, and snow sweat, just get it done. That's training. And training, and training, boy, that the first thing that happens, it just jumps out your mouth. Glory be to God, I'm healed, I'm strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might, I take authority over this situation. I stand in my rights as a tither. I stand in my rights as a man of God, a woman of God. I stand before God Almighty. Satan, take your hands off of my baby. Just get mean. Yeah, that's right. A faith, love, trained, Holy Ghost baptized believer is the most dangerous thing to hell and to the devil on this planet. It's worth the effort. It's worth the training. And the older I get, the meaner I get. <laughs> where the devil's concerned. And where glory is concerned. Man, you know, the devil says, Oh no, that woman's up again. She's awake. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll close with this. No, I won't. I've got one more thing to say. <laughs> Praise is the big gun of faith. Yes, Paul and Silas prayed. That's good. They sang. That's good. But they praised God. In stocks, having been beat nearly to death, they're praising God at midnight. Yeah. Hallelujah. If it's midnight financially, if it's midnight you can praise God. If the praise is in you. Well, Brother Copeland, I have a praise in my heart. You've got a praise in your heart to come out your mouth. Yeah, that's right. It isn't in there in abundance. It's not coming out. 
The computer age has taught us that. Junk in, junk out. Amen? Alright. One thing I want to show you. Let's look at the fifth chapter. The second fundamental of faith is to act on your faith. Mark chapter 5. The woman healed of the issue of blood. Verse 25, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said, if I may touch but his clothes I shall be whole. Straightway or immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt, then she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of that plague. What did she hear? It had to be the word. Because faith came. Huh? She didn't just hear of Jesus. Now, remember, this is in Capernaum. Capernaum is Jesus' hometown and his headquarters. Anytime you read they're going to Capernaum, Jesus is going home. Uh, David... Over in the Gospel of John, you know, they were they were laboring at night. They'd rode three miles, and they just and, and and he came to them walking on the water. And when he got in the boat, immediately was to the shore. And it said they were going to Capernaum. I'm just reading. I don't how many times you suppose I've read that over the last fifty one years. I don't know. And suddenly the Lord said, "I wanted to get this thing home and sleep in my own bed." What? (laughs) And he said, especially. It had been a long day. He said, I went up in the mountains to pray. I was refreshed. They were toiling and working hard. And he said, they needed to be home and in bed with their families. Wow, that's amazing. So it just, the speed of light. That's a fast boat, brother. Yeah. And I know exactly how he feels. Yeah. Amen. Mine ain't that fast, but, <laughs> but it's nice. <laughs> yes. Isn't it wonderful? It's so wonderful. That thrilled me so. And it's, it's things like that in the New Testament. When you're practicing faith and you're constantly reading and you're constantly re- looking at Jesus and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, 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 that's my Jesus. Amen. And he feels the same way about me. He did then. He feels the same way about you. He's easily touched with the feelings of your infirmity. Yeah. I had him say to me one time, not too terrible long ago, I had there was a time of some very serious pain in my body. And 
And I, and I, I, I said out loud, I said, Lord, you are easily touched with the feelings of this infirmity. He said, Kenneth, I wept over you when you were in that pain. Oh, well. Well, the next word that comes out of somebody's mouth, well, why didn't you do something about it? Don't you ever accuse him like that. You slap your own jaws before you'd allow yourself to say something. He's already done something about it. He's already bore that sickness and that pain. He's already gone to hell over it. The thing of it is, it's not his doing. It is our receiving. And as much as we know, we don't know very much yet. The more I learn, the more I find out how little I know. And he's doing everything he can legally do to get it through to us. We just spiritually dense most of the time and don't hear it. And he's speaking all the time. Amen. Speaking all the time. Praise God. All the time. Say all the time. All the time. Especially when there's some kind of hurt emotionally physically whatever it is go be quiet quit crying and just go be quiet and listen the night before I was supposed to register it over you God sent me up there I knew he sent me up there and I didn't have a dime I had no idea what I'm going to do the next day I'm supposed to register and if I go to the airport and get me a job, then I can't go to school. If I go to school, I can't go to the airport and get me a job. I told Glory, I'm going in that bedroom. Now if I have to stay all night long, I'm, I'm going to get in that floor. I'm going to find out. But I'm just praying in tongues as hard and fast as I can. Let's lay in there on the floor with my face down. And, and the thought, you know how you can be praying in the Spirit and, and thinking at the same time. And the thought came across my mind. I wonder if I'd be quiet, he'd say something to me. <laughs> See, I'm a, I, hey, I'm a scripturally illiterate, brother. I don't know anything. I'm like Rufus Mosley. He said, here lies a man that knows nothing doing all the talking to somebody that knows everything. <laughs> and I stopped and he said, well, it's about time. I haven't been able to get a word in edgewise. Get up on your feet. I mean, he's hollering at me. Get up on your feet. Man, I I hit a brace. I'm standing there like that. He said, I sent you here and I'll take care of you here. They can't make a minister out of you. I called you. All they can do is train you. You are a minister now. You're not going to be a minister of the gospel after you get out of school. You are one. I called you as one before the foundation of the world. Now get up in the morning and go register. I came out of the room. Gloria said, what happened to all night? You ain't been in that 20 minutes. I said, I got my answer, girl. And we danced around the room and whatever we did. Well, I registered and all, and I'm sitting at Mrs. Campbell's desk. She's writing out my bill. And the reason I remember her name, her nameplate just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I have zero money. You understand? I said, Mrs. Campbell, may I make a collect call to my dad? Sure, dial nine. I couldn't think of anybody else. <laughs> and he answered the phone. He said, Kenneth, where are you? I said, I'm in the registrar's office. 
at ORU. Oh, okay. He, he said, a man came by my office yesterday and dropped a check off here and said it was to be into your ministry. And he said, uh, <laughs> he said, I, I just put it in the bank. And, and I said, oh, glory to God. Yeah. <laughs> Paid the first quarter. Paid for my books. Paid all of my fees. And I had about 15 cents left. <laughs> so I'm like Brother Hagin, go get a candy bar and go broke. <laughs> now, I walked out of the front door of the LRC. This is 1967. And my feet stuck. This has happened to me three times over the last 51 years. My feet stuck. I said, Lord, what is it? <laughs> he said, turn around and go to the top floor. I said, Lord, we can't go to the top floor. They've already warned us about that. <laughs> go to the top floor. I said, Lord, that's the Vatican. I can't go up there. He said, they work for me. <laughs> well, I got in the elevator. I couldn't do it. I hit the fifth floor. <laughs> and the door opened. You have to understand now, this is, the, this is midterm of the fourth year of ORU's existence. This is a big empty room. Turned out to be the library. Oh, wow. There's not a thing in there. He said, I said the sixth floor. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there. So I punched, and the door opened, and there they are. There's Ruth Rooks. I didn't. I know who she was. Then I just, just tell us a receptionist there, you know. And I'm thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? I just walked up in front of her desk. I said, I, my name's Kenneth Copeland. And, of course, she, I got away with it because I was 30 years old. She didn't know I was a, she didn't know I was a freshman until I told her. <laughs> and I said, um, I, I, I'm a, a qualified, uh, commercially rated pilot. And I know this ministry uses an airplane. And I need all the help I can get. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wanted out of there so bad. And I turned around. Brother Roberts had walked up right behind me, and I didn't know he was there. You know, and he's that much taller than me. And I turned around. He said, I'm all Roberts. I literally did this. I went, hi, 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 He might as well have said, I'm God, who are you? <laughs> I tell you, it rattled me so bad. I'm just dead. And he said, I understand you to say you're, you're, you're commercially rated. I said, yes, sir. Can you handle our airplane? I said, yes, sir. He said, two weeks ago, I started to hire a new co-pilot. But the Lord said, no, I have a, sp a student coming that's supposed to have the job. You're my man. Now, see how I was about to foul that up? The Lord didn't tell me that. I had to walk by faith. I had to walk by faith all the way up to her desk. And it just came out my mouth. It's wonderful. Amen. He said... Tell Brother Luis I found our, our co-pilot. Yeah. And they started a relationship with Oil Roberts that lasted until 
He went home to be with Jesus. And my spiritual father, very, very close to one another. And I learned the ministry of healing and deliverance in his shadow. And then, while I was there, I was preaching on a weekend. And I went in. We stayed there at Mother's house. We were preaching there at a hometown pool. And of course, she grabbed Gloria the first thing, and they still, you know. I said, Mama, you got any tapes or anything around here to listen to? She said, Yeah, there's one on them, one in there by the tape recorder, a big old web core tape recorder about that yeah. big. And she just handed me the box. Well, I, ha- I knew who Brother Hagin was. I, I, I saw him at a full gospel businessmen's uh, meeting one time, but I never had heard him. And. Uh, on one side think about this now you can write your own ticket with God and on the other side Paul's revelation yeah that's the the one I listened to both sides mama and glory I don't know what they're doing they're they're all back in there but I listened to both sides I wound up on my back under my mother's coffee table I learned firsthand what a holy roller is. I mean. But the thing that struck me, I had my little New Testament in my pocket. This is before you had a phone, you could, you know. And I pulled that New Testament out. And I, and I was, I, I mean, I was trembling. This is the holy Word of God speaking to me. Yes, yes, yes. Mark eleven twenty three belongs to me. Yes. Yes. Glory to God. What if I'd have missed all that? I like to have. Because I knew I was supposed to be there. Three years. I stayed away because I was afraid. I hated school. And I stayed away because I had a family. And what am I going to do up there? The same dilemma that just tore me up. Finally, I said, Gloria, we're going to starve out up there. She said, Kenneth, we're starving now. We might as well starve in the will of God as out of the will of God. (laughs) Well, it made sense. It made sense. I said, well, yeah. Well, yeah, glory to hell. Let's go. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of this? Yeah. Father, we give you praise and thanksgiving for your wonderful word today. We are so blessed. Thank you. She heard. She said, she came and touched. What if she had said, I can't go out there. I'm bleeding now. I'm skin and bones. I can't go out there. The man that has the authority to stone me is standing right there with Jesus. His name is Jairus. He's the the leader of the synagogue. What am I going to do? But she thought, I'm going to sneak out there and sneak back. But what if she'd done that? I can't do that. But there's two words translated 
say. Now the one she said is Lego. And immediately I think about building blocks. Lego blocks. She kept saying. She kept saying. She kept saying. What's happening? You're building your faith. She kept saying. She kept saying. She kept saying. Amplified, Cassic Amplified translates it that way. She kept saying in her heart. She kept saying with her mouth. She kept saying, if I but touch but it's gone, I will be whole. I will be whole. Now we know it was, we know it was the word she heard. We also know she forgave all of those physicians that butchered her up. Because faith doesn't work in an unforgiving heart. She forgave them all. She forgave them all. All glory to God. And she got herself up and pulled her little skinny self out in that street and touched the master's God. Hallelujah. And she was made Her prosperity angels went to work that day to get, she wouldn't be whole without her finances being restored. Somebody ought to say amen. Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God.